are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seconds left, he's got the ball, he should have it. Isaiah hangs out of the ball, flips it up to the Raptors. Detroit is the city of champions again. Detroit Basketball! What is happening? Welcome to the Lockdown Pistons podcast, your episode for Wednesday, July the 29th, and there is NBA basketball tomorrow. We're talking a little Fred Van Vliet today. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Lockdown Pistons podcast, the sports writer here in Detroit City, covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well, thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word about the Lockdown Pistons podcast as we close out July this week and look ahead to next month, August, where the draft lottery coming up August 20th. So actual relevant Pistons things happening next month. Very excited for that. Today, we've got a few words of support for a mentor of mine before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show. And that is some Fred Van Vliet discussion with Sean Woodley of Lockdown Raptors. That is a player that Pistons fans should keep an eye on during the bubble as we look ahead to an offseason where the Pistons have some cap room to spend. Nice chat with with Sean. Thanks to him for coming on. But give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore for that. Also the Lockdown Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at Lockdown Pistons dash Matt Shook. But as we know, Coming up on Thursday night in the bubble, the Pelicans playing the Utah Jazz at 6.30 p.m. Sounds like Zion Williamson back in the bubble, and we'll get a couple of practices in. Not sure if he's going to be playing, but I would imagine he will. I'm sure the folks at TNT would prefer that, but I think they're going to get big ratings anyway, even if there's no Zion because people are hungry to watch some NBA basketball. And the main course will come after that from Orlando. That, of course, is the Clippers and the Lakers on TNT. No Lou Williams in that one. He'll be missing at least the first two games in a 10-day mandatory quarantine. I think of it like go sit in the corner. Dunce cap Lou Williams coming from Adam Silver and the NBA office. But a little bit of news from the bubble on late Tuesday night as we record this, getting Adrian Wojnarowski's report. Eric Gordon of the Houston Rockets suffered apparently what looked like a little bit of a scary ankle injury during their scrimmage on Tuesday night in Orlando. Didn't really sound too good Although, right before I pushed record, I uh, got the alert from Woj that uh, x-rays apparently were negative. So, a little bit of good news there, and we'll see if that impacts Eric Gordon's status as the bubble gets started. You know that uh, teams are going to be feeling each other out. There are some certain games that are going to matter for seeding for the playoffs, but I can imagine that these first eight games, you're going to see minutes restrictions. You're going to see guys being an abundance of caution, especially teams that are pretty much locked into certain seeds. And really, talking about some seeds, I mean, some of them won't be as big of a deal. And teams will secede that you can have the fifth seed and we'll take the sixth, something like that. So I don't know that these – it'll be great to see basketball, don't get me wrong. But I don't know that you'll have uh, intense basketball, especially in the early part of this eight-game slate. And then as, of course, the playoffs get ready, all teams will want to be having their guys ready to be stretched out minute-wise and be ready to go. When the time comes, but some sad uh, news that I want to talk about a little bit. On Monday morning on the Jamie and Stoney show on 97.1 The Ticket, which I download the podcasts of and listen to kind of their greatest hits version of um, most every day, if it's a topic that is of interest, those guys are both friends of mine. I was a former intern 
at WDFN and worked for the Jamie and Brady show when Jamie and Greg Brady were hosts when I was in college and continued to work for the station as a part-time worker while I was starting my full-time journalism career at the Port Huron Times-Herald over there in St. Clair County. So Jamie Samuelson, and what I always say about the WDFN guys is those guys are exactly as they are on the air. Um, you know, Wojo being kind of goofy, but very jovial and, and easy to talk to. Stoney, a really good guy as well. Uh, once you get to know him a little bit, he's kind of a shy, one of those uh, guys who doesn't look you in the eye a lot. I know they joke about him on the air quite a bit. Brady, Belegian, all those guys that were on the air back then were good to me and I've enjoyed uh, getting to know them over the years. But the one guy who I've, I stayed in closest touch with and the one guy who's, who has meant the most to me from that group was Jamie Samuelson, and he still is. Um, on Monday morning show, Jamie and Stoney, he came on the air, called in uh, on a Zoom call. He hasn't been on the air for a couple of weeks and disclosed that he's been fighting colon cancer for actually the last 19 months. So from January of 2019 through today, and uh, you know, it sounded pretty shaken up during the phone call, not only just the emotional baggage of revealing on live radio that you have um, what is a very dangerous and serious diagnosis, but, uh, you know, obviously it sounds like he was maybe taking, had a physical toll in some of the treatments that he was undergoing. So we had Jamie on the show, uh, early on in my run here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. And since I moved back to Detroit a couple of years ago, you know, it's just been kind of in the back of my mind. Oh, I gotta have Jamie on again. I gotta call him up. And, and I have emailed with him a few th- times on a couple things. And, and I think I've talked to him on the phone once or twice since I've been back, but, Jamie hasn't been at a lot of events, you know, covering things for the Detroit News. I'm at Lions practice a bunch of times, training camp, games, and Tigers, and Pistons, and all this other stuff. And I just figured, well, at some point I'll run into Jamie, and we will uh, we'll chat, and I'll, I'll corner him at that point and make him come back on the Lockdown Pistons show. But he hasn't actually been at a lot of events. I've seen him from afar, a couple of places where we just missed each other. But um, it just so happens that I actually haven't, talk to him in person since I've been back. And uh, now, obviously, that becomes a little bit more evident why that is, is that he's been dealing with this for a year and a half, probably haven't been out taking on the extra reporting and whatnot that comes with being at the station. You know, they're on the air early in the morning, I think six to nine or something like that. And then there's obviously some more hours that are put in, whether he's grabbing sound bites or going to press conferences or going to Lions games and stuff like that. But uh, long story short, I just wanted to say a couple of words about Jamie and encouragement for his fight again with colon cancer, best wishes. Of course, um, he has been a mentor and very helpful of mine over the years. I've come to him after I start, stopped working at WDFN when I was States away or even in the Caribbean, I would just fire off an email to Jamie about different career advice or different people that he might know that might be able to help me get jobs around the area. And he's been, very helpful for that. Not only a friend, but he's like he's like an idol of mine. We, I was talking to my brother and actually my parents at dinner the other day when we, we found out about it. And my other brother, Brian, used to be an intern for uh, WDFN as well. And, you know, interestingly, he had dealings with Jamie at, the, at his part of his career as well. And so we, we both got to know him and both had the same thoughts of what a, you know, a real guy he was and what a good guy he, he is and still is. And um, and just interesting because we had a, I had a similar kind of talk about you know the the health issues that Terry Foster had been dealing with and has continues to deal with as well. And those guys are two of my idols, and and it's just 
um, painful to see them go through those things, but we also want to give them our best thoughts and best wishes as they kind of go forward. A quick story, after I graduated from college and got to know Terry from the Central Michigan University Connection and also Jamie from when I did the internship, uh, one of my old college professors said, um, you know, we want to get, Matt, we want to get you to, to set up a panel for some career, for college kids to come to to set up a panel and get some career uh, journalists, sports journalists in there from the city of Detroit to come talk to the kids about what it's like to uh, to be in the industry. And this was like, a, you know, like a Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning at the Renaissance Center. And the two guys that I called first were Terry Foster and Jamie Samuelson. And uh, there was no money for them or really nothing in it for them at all. But they both committed to it on the spot, said they'd be there, showed up, did the, did the thing, and gave those kids some valuable insight. And uh, just a handful of college kids and myself just putting on a, an event for Society of Professional Journalists. And those guys really helped out with that. And uh, you never forget those kind of things when you're coming up and people help you out uh, and that they're on the top and, um, and all that. And of course, I know that there are uh, hundreds of stories like that for both those guys, Terry and Jamie, but particularly wanted to pass along our best wishes to Jamie as he continues to fight. And uh, hopefully looking forward to seeing him soon down the road if we're all able to get together in uh, sporting confines uh, here in the city of Detroit. So just wanted to send some thoughts along to one of my mentors and a friend of mine. Get well soon, Mr. Jamie Samuelson. But up next, we're going to talk to Sean Woodley of the Lockdown Raptors show all about Fred Van Vliet. I know he's a big point of interest for the Pistons this offseason, so we will see how uh, that all comes together. But first, we're going to learn all we need to know about FVV. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. Say it with me now. Sports are back, baby. I've been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind, my bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrap up into one. I love it. You love it. And that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams. With the start of Major League Baseball just around the corner, there's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Be sure to check out my bookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. In this case, that means basketball, hockey, and football. My bookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today, and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss in a free $10 Major League Baseball future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Yes, sir! All right, and now we're being joined by Sean Woodley, the host of Lockdown Raptors and also the channel coordinator for the Lockdown Network for Major League Baseball and the NHL. Sean, thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me, man. It's nice to be here. Absolutely, and, and unlike the Pistons fans, Raptors fans have an exciting week coming up with the bubble beginning. Uh, it must be nice, right? It is. I mean, there's still all the different feelings of confliction. You know, the, the bubble seems like maybe, you know, it seems like a good idea for now until something goes wrong and it will seem like a terrible idea. Um, you know, it's better than the baseball idea, that's for sure. But there's, I, I'm still going to 
hold my breath. I mean, Lou Williams did just leave the bubble to go get wings at a strip club. So it's not exactly like an airtight operation they're running necessarily. <laughs> so I'm holding my breath, but I will say it's been pretty fun to watch basketball the last couple of days. Even though there's scrimmages, it's been like it's been kind of a treat to watch the Raptors play. Yeah, you you can't keep Lou Williams down for, for too long. <laughs> he was going to get out somewhere somehow. But I mean, being the defending champions, Raptors Nation. I mean, it's got to feel a little bit like house is money this whole season, even up to now. And anything that happens from here is got to be just icing on the cake, right? Yeah, this has been like, uh, I don't know, obviously winning the title is incredible, but this regular season has been better than last regular season was and better than any regular season in Raptors history, I think. It's been just like a, a really noble title defense for sure. And I think people love this team more than they could ever love last season. Last season's team, which of course was amazing, but also featured like a couple mercenaries who came in and got the mm-hmm. thing done, which was great. But, you know, this team is just like, they play so damn hard. They defend like maniacs. Kyle Lowry has just like reached a whole new level of Kyle Lowry-ness that finally <laughs> I think some people who are outside of Toronto and, you know, outside of like analytics Twitter are starting to appreciate because that dude rules and like – they were playing a scrimmage against the Blazers on Sunday and he was like jawing at refs and pissing all, all the Blazers off doing perfectly Kyle Lowry things in a game that means absolutely nothing, but you could never tell that when he's playing. And yeah, it's, you know, again, I'm pretty conflicted about the return. I have my, my doubts and my reservations, but the fact that the Raptors get to finish this season out and close out whatever this story ends up being is really, really nice. And really they, they, they earned it, man. Like they deserve to have their, book closed in a meaningful way and even if that means they lose in a second round series of the conference finals I don't think Raptors fans are going to be up too set because like you said they're all swaddled in their championship gear uh, from last year that I'm sure will help them sleep at night yeah I think it's a really fun team to watch a really likable team as well Pascal Siakam makes yet another leap that maybe (laughs) people didn't expect him to make Uh, Marcus Gasol obviously the the good guy that everyone likes around the league there too and, and say the same about guys like Ibaka as well. But another Raptor that I want to talk about today, and the reason we're having you on, is because the Pistons offseason, when you look at all the cap room and not much free agency out there to spend it on, one of the big names, one of the big young names throughout the league of a, an emerging, uh, certainly a strong piece, strong starter for a young team, maybe even a, a borderline star at some point, if you want to be optimistic, is Fred Van Vliet. I saw mm-hmm. Van Vliet uh, in person when he was a senior at Wichita State in downtown Springfield, Missouri, at the JQH Arena in uh, at Missouri State. And the Bears actually almost beat the Shockers that night, and I saw him and Ron Baker play together. And I thought, man, those are two NBA players right there. Scouts apparently disagreed with me. 2016, <laughs> he went undrafted, but here he is now. Why don't you tell us? I mean, when I messaged you about coming on the show, uh, you showed you, you know you said Raptors fans are probably you know scared about him leaving or, or certainly don't want him to leave obviously anyone that won a championship you have your uh, your grow to be fond of but how how does brand bleat kind of fall into the tapestry of raptor fandom right now Oh, yeah. We certainly can't tell any Raptors fans that I'm doing this podcast and talking about the potential of him leaving because that, I think, would get me disowned. It kind of feels like cheating a little bit. Uh, and so we'll do this on, on, on the QT. But, sure. yeah, I mean, yeah, Fred is a fan favorite. He, he is, you know, from last year in the postseason when he was, like, kind of unplayable for the first two and a half series and then goes on this incredible heater after his son is born in the middle of the conference finals, carries them out of that conference finals after they go down 0-2, hits a bazillion 
million threes and then does the same in the finals to the point where he gets a finals MVP vote. Um, yeah, like he is, you know, uh, an entrenched part of Raptors lore now. He's, you know, secretly kind of already like a top 20 or 15 Raptor of all time and only going to continue to grow if he sticks around with the team. And, you know, he's, I think sometimes a source of frustration because he can kind of over dribble a little bit. Sometimes he can get a little bit sort of stodgy in the half court, but he's also just like an incredible defender, a wonderful three point shooter and just like a really good dude. Like he really, you know, he, he sort of speaks on the right things. He really like, it's just like a wonderful quote. He's every reporter's favorite guy in the locker room because he does not care. He will say anything. He's like just an excellent quote. And yeah, he, he would be a big loss from, as you said, at the Raptors tapestry if he were to leave just because he has really indoctrinated himself as like an all-time fan favorite Raptor while also being damn good. You know, this is a team where fan favorites used to constitute guys like Reggie Evans and Pops Mensa Bonsu and weirdos like that who, you know, were good for like two weeks and then went away. Uh, you know, Fred Van Vliet's been good for many years now. He's been part of some fun lineups. He was part of that in that 2017-18 season, if you recall that bench mob lineup where it was just all their young guys and CJ Miles and they were like incredible and beat teams by like 12 points per 100 possessions and he was the point guard of that lineup. Um, you know, he's he's in a very short amount of time really sort of put his stamp on the team and the team's history and uh, I don't think anyone is getting excited about the idea of him not being a Raptor next year. But it's certainly a possibility that I think people have to repair themselves for. I, I tend to think he'll stick around, but uh, you know, weirder things have happened for sure. This is the NBA, and having any sort of certainty about any of this stuff is uh, usually pretty foolhardy. And where, where are the Raptors at with, with cap situations or luxury tax situations? I mean, obviously the Pistons you know, could come in with a, a $20 million a year offer for, for uh, multiple seasons. Where do the Raptors kind of fit in, or is it, do you kind of hope and expect that maybe there will be a little bit of a home-down discount for Van Vliet? I don't think he's going to take a discount regardless. I mean, his whole thing is bet on yourself. He like literally has a clothing line uh, that is called bet on yourself. He's not taking a discount from anybody, uh, which I respect and good to, good for him, man. Like that dude has, you know, fought his way. He made it like a $30 million contract, sorry, $20 million contract uh, or just under that on the most recent deal he signed that's expiring this year after being undrafted and he's going to get paid. Like he is going to get a very substantial chunk of change from some team. I think, I'm pretty confident it'll be the Raptors. I, I think he's probably their top priority. They have free agents in Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol as well. Um, less certain about those guys. I, I think Fred just kind of fits the future of the team. He fits with Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi and now Terrence Davis as sort of the young building blocks they have going forward. And I, I think he like the timeline works out pretty well there. And they are not too strapped for cash this coming season. Like they're not like flush with a ton of cap room because they gave Kyle Lowry an extension and Pascal Siakam's extension kicks in next year. And so like, they're not going to be, you know, flush with a, with a ton of cap space, but they will be able to keep Fred around. And then I think the real sort of concern you get into, if you are thinking about Fred Van Vliet long-term at the Raptors is what about that summer of 2021? Because there's no secret. The Raptors certainly have their eyes on Giannis Antetokounmpo if he decides to leave Milwaukee. Uh, Masai Ujiri has a connection with him going back to you know his, his days over in Greece and in Nigeria. Uh, and I, I do think that's a very real possibility if things break right and the Bucks you know don't make it to the finals this year or something like that. Um, you know the Raptors are waiting to pounce there for sure, and they've been in all the reports as a team that's very much in the in the running. And I, I think. 
you know, that sort of colors all the decision-making this offseason, right? If you lock in guys for too long of a term, then you're sort of, you know, hamstringing yourself in that summer of 2021. OG Ananobi is due likely for an extension uh, this year, although I, I don't think they're going to give it to him because I think they're going to want to kick it down the road for a year just to see what the cap situation's like in 2021. And then you throw in the fact that we have no idea what the cap is going to be because of the pandemic and the amount of money lost by the league. It's all very uncertain, but I, I do think, there's a good chance they give Fred his money this year if there's a big offer out there. And, and, and they just kind of figure it out later, whether it's trading Norman Powell or whether it's trading Fred himself in 2021, even though he does sort of fit in theory as like if you are going after a Giannis or any superstar, really. I mean, he kind of fits perfectly as a point guard who can play off the ball, play on the ball, excellent defender to his position and kind of fits with any superstar is like a you know, kind of a wonderful sidekick, you know, a third or fourth option. And I, I, so, you know, that that's to be kept in mind as well. I, I just think he's really important to what they do going forward. Kyle Lowry is not going to be on the team forever as much as he's playing incredible basketball into his mid thirties. They have to sort of have a contingency plan for beyond. And I think this year was a lot about, figuring out if Fred Van Vliet can be a starting point guard and if he can carry the burden. And he's been outstanding this year. He was sort of on the fringe of the all-star conversation. He was great when Kyle Lowry missed time and had to start. He's been great playing with Kyle Lowry. And so I, I think there's, again, a lot of reason why the Raptors would be pretty comfortable in a way that maybe a year ago they would have been a little bit reticent. I, I think they're pretty you know, pretty happy with Fred. And he's also just part of their culture, right? Like, this is a team that really values culture. This is a team that, you know, just kind of, from the ground up values character guys and Fred Van Vliet is like one of the ultimate character guys as I kind of talked about already. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that also plays into the decision to just pay him and figure it out later when it comes to the cap. Yeah. For the record, I, I do think that Fred Van Vliet stays in Toronto as well, but obviously this is a, one of the big names that's out there that for sure could be looking at. There's the Dwayne Casey connection there mm-hmm. as well. As you mentioned, the bench mob that brings back, uh, good memories for Toronto fans and probably Dwayne Casey as he probably misses his time <laughs> in Toronto these last couple of years. But you mentioned oh, that bench mob, few- uh, <laughs> the bench mob failed them in that 2017, 18 series. They were pretty unplayable and then yeah. they got swept by the Cavs. So maybe Dwayne Casey's not so happy with that lineup after <laughs> thinking it would work <laughs> getting to the postseason. I think he would take uh, even a second round exit at this point, but, uh, <laughs> but the, um, so you mentioned Kyle Lowry and his, you know, he's getting up there in age and, and, and if Van Vliet comes back to the Raptors, what his role would be, obviously if the Pistons shelled out a whole bunch of money long-term for him, they're thinking he's going to be their lead guard, starting point guard with the ball in his hands quite a bit. How do you see, you mentioned him, you know, showing some things this year in terms of being a starting point guard. Do you see him taking that next step, whether it's in Toronto or somewhere else where he becomes that all-star? Are there things that he can do that you say, you know, get these two or three things cleaned up, improve a little bit on these things, and, and he can be that next level of, you know, second-tier, third-tier point – third you know, second-tier point guards in the NBA where he's a, a guy who can make a couple all-star teams? Yeah, I mean, look, we're talking about a guy who was a fringe all-star in the Eastern Conference uh, like the year after Kawhi Leonard left and Kevin Durant was hurt and Kyrie Irving was out too. So, like, mm-hmm. it's a fringe all-star in a pretty light year. You know, fringe, I, fringe. Yeah, exactly, right? And so, you know, I think he could flirt with making an all-star team or two for sure. I, I think, you know, the thing with Fred, the, the, really, the, the big thing he has to clean up, and, I, and he might never clean it up because he's six feet tall, is just he's not a very good finisher around the rim. Like, he kind of gets mm-hmm. into traffic, and, you know, he can set dudes up in there. He can, you know, do little dump-off passes. He's a good drive-and-kick guy. 
But when it comes to just finishing around the rim, that's always kind of been his bugaboo. And that's not too much of a problem on the Raptors because you have Kyle Lowry, who's kind of rediscovered his driving ability this season. You have, you know, Serge Ibaka, who can score at the rim and pick and roll. You have Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, who pretty much only score at the rim uh, unless they're taking threes. And so, you know, it's not a terrible liability on the Raptors because Fred's not always asked to be that lead ball dominant guard on a different team that might kind of be exposed a little bit, but he makes up for it in so many other ways. Like he's a wonderful three point shooter off the bounce and off the catch. He's uh, like a ridiculous defender. As you saw last year in the playoffs when he ran the box in one where he was just haunting Steph Curry all over the floor. Um, And he's just only, I think improved defensively this season. Everyone should actually read James Herbert uh, from CBS sports with a great piece on Fred Van Vliet this week and his defense and how, you know, he can guard bigger guys. He can guard pretty much anybody who's not like a set, like Joel Embiid (laughs) and sort of give them a problem, at least on like a post-up or something like that. He kind of is from the school of Kyle Lowry in that regard as well. Um, So yeah, like, fringy all-star maybe I I just kind of think the finishing ability might kind of prevent him from hitting that ceiling but that doesn't mean he can't be an excellent point guard and like a really good guy to build your team around especially if you have like a wing or or another guard who can also kind of take on some ball handling burden and you know allow Fred to work off the ball as well like it's nice when he has the ball in his hands for sure but I I have always kind of liked him more as an off-ball threat and a secondary ball handler and if you're a team, you know, like the Pistons, you know, wherever they end up drafting this year, maybe they draft a guy like a LaMelo Ball or some other, you know, ball heavy handling wing or something like that. Maybe that's a good pairing for Fred Van Vliet to go with down the line. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Ver- versatile guy and tenacious worker reminds me a lot of Sean Woodley, like I said, who also hosts <laughs> uh, Lockdown Raptors and does uh, the coordinating of Lockdown MLB and Lockdown NHL. Uh, we're the old school guys with the NBA and the NFL has been a long time on the network. Uh, we've had Chris Castellani and Nolan Bianchi of the Detroit shows on this show before. But Sean, why don't you give us kind of a rundown about how MLB and NHL have kind of come about through the networks and what uh, what other you know the listeners can expect if they want to. Uh, cheat on Locked On Pistons a little bit and check out some of the other shows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mentioned Locked On Red Wings. That show's amazing. Nolan and Ethan do a wonderful job with that show. Uh, yep. c- covering a really bad team, there's like a certain art to it, and they've done a very good job with it. <laughs> and they uh, mm-hmm. they kind of like, you know, lean into the toil a little bit, which I always enjoy <laughs> as someone who used to root for the Raptors when they were awful for a very, very long time <laughs> before getting good. Um, yeah, you know, the 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 MLB and NHL networks are doing a good job, man. Like the NHL in particular is really taking off as it seems like that league has figured things out and is actually going to come back and play. Whereas baseball, I'm a little less uh, optimistic <laughs> about them seeing this through considering sure. the news of the last couple days. But no, if you, if you are a fan of a hockey team, we likely have your team covered. Uh, there's a couple teams that don't have them, but they're kind of teams that people don't really like anyway. So it's like the Panthers and the Coyotes. So if yeah, you are okay. affected by that, don't worry. We'll have a host soon. But if you're a fan of any of the popular teams that Gary Bettman uh, has not gone out of his way to keep alive, then uh, you can uh, tune into those shows. They're, they're doing a great job. we got some crossover stuff going on this week ahead of the postseason as well. Um, I did want to throw one last note in, Matt, on, on Fred sure. Van Vliet and sort of his, mm-hmm. uh, his future as well. You know, this with the strangeness that's, that's going to come to the cap from the pandemic, I, I wouldn't rule out the fact or the idea of him taking a one-year deal somewhere with you know I I think he would take a one-year deal with the Raptors potentially but if he's just looking to make the most money possible 
the Pistons are like kind of a sneaky team where even if he doesn't want to sign long-term with Detroit because he doesn't see it as a winning situation or whatever it is, or he wants to just sort of kick the can down the road a little bit and keep his options open. I do think like a one-year deal where he gets paid his max amount to set him up to go into the next summer might be something that Fred, again, a guy who has made bet on himself his mantra and is, you know, basically out to try to make as much money for himself as he can because you know he's doing it right um you know i could totally see a team like the pistons who that has cap space just saying hey fred do you want a one year 30 million dollars come play for us and you know then we can kind of figure things out from there like if i'm a raptors fan that's the thing i'm probably most afraid of because i don't think a long-term deal is something the raptors would bristle at, at matching and you know they, they might just match a one year 30 million dollar deal deal too um, but you know, the, the, that's just something to keep in mind. If a team does have cap space, that might be a way to sort of outbid the Raptors too. If, if, you know, the Raptors feel like, you know, 30, 32, 33 is not what they want to go to for a year, then that could put them out of the running. So I would keep that in mind. Um, you know, I don't know, again, I think the most likely outcome and the thing I'm leaning like 75, 80% towards is him staying with the Raptors, but the Pistons are kind of a, a, a weird wild card team considering the money they have to throw around. And Pistons fans will be watching Fred Van Vliet during the bubble exercise coming up and maybe even adopting the Raptors as we're free agents right now on the fan market for the uh, the continuation of the NBA season. But thanks, Sean Woodley, for joining us here on Locked on Pistons. Appreciate your time. No sweat, man. Anytime. Big thanks once again to Sean Woodley of Locked on Raptors for coming on and talking about Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, jump on the bandwagon of the Raptors during the bubble if you're looking for another team. We're going to talk about that tomorrow, actually. Who should you be rooting for? as a true Pistons fan, during the bubble setup, which starts tomorrow, if you can believe it. But that'll do it for today's show of Locked on Pistons. I am your host, Matt Shook. Thanks for listening. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Rejecting the Screen. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.